step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh.
Ladies and gentlemen, we lost uh, we lost we lost a legend last week, and and, and what's so interesting about um, this one for me is everybody who knows uh, who's been listening to the show um, for the past 168 episodes, uh, they know that I usually. Uh, begin with the show saying we're getting live and in living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Not because it, it's it's a popular saying, saying, but because Dusty Rhodes was literally uh, a side of Sting. He was my all-time favorite wrestler. So, and I wrote a I wrote an article on We Are Wrestling <clears throat> website and. Uh, Wrote an article on pwmania.com as far as what Dusty Rose did to you know, meant to me, and just you know in the '80s, growing up in the '80s, I mean, he really he really gave me the thrill of being a pro wrestling fan. Yes, there was Hulk Hogan. Yes, there was Randy Savage, but to me, it was Sting and Dusty Rhodes, and just the charisma and the excitement. Of being a common man, uh, just <laughs> he, he said his 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 belly is a little big, his hiney may be a little big, but he's bad, and you know he's bad. So it's and I, I tell you what, man, and it, I was really tore up when I found out that uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, has left us. Um, Sixty nine years old is a very <laughs> a very very. Um, uh, a very, a very, very good life, a very, very good lifespan to tip your hat off and say, "Hey, I've done a lot of my life." And yes, he has. Uh, the past, the span of four decades, he's been such an inspiration to so, so many people, so many wrestlers, so many fans, so many <laughs> members of his family. Uh, and I tell you what, it, it was, it was such. An amazing, amazing blessing to really love professional wrestling in an era where Dusty Rhodes was around to put his little touch on it, his American dream touch on it. And I tell you what, the American dream lives on, uh, and 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 my life, and I'm sure the lives of those who. Our big fans of Dusty Rhodes. Uh, so we're going to talk about Dusty Rhodes um, throughout the entire show. Of course, we're going to cover Money in the Bank. We'll cover Raw. But a uh, big span of our uh, show today is going to be uh, rightfully dedicated to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And we're going to celebrate. Uh, it, it was <laughs> I was listening to Common Man Boogie uh, throughout the the week, <laughs> and I was, you know, a lot of people know that I um, I lift weights a lot. I'm a certified personal trainer, so I work out a lot. And Common Man Boogie was one of my uh, workout, one of my weightlifting songs <laughs> for the week. And um, just watching old uh, interviews, watching old matches, and I was watching a match with him and Harley Race. Um, I was watching a match between him and Luger, and it was just awesome. It was just an awesome way to just really turn my sadness into joy and to really commemorate and celebrate uh, the life of Dusty Rhodes. So um, 
I, I, I'm so ecstatic um, that I, like I said, I was around to witness Dusty Rhodes. His promos were just so infectious and so captivating, and it made me, you know, feel like I was really a part of his revolution, as he talked about in Howard Tours. My hand is touching your hand, and uh, I'm just. I'm just happy um, that I, I, I experienced um, wrestling when Dusty Rose was around. So, um, just a moment of silence, um, just to just to commemorate uh, one of uh, 275 pounds of blue iso Dusty Rhodes. Derek, Dusty, what what uh, inspiration, what an amazing, amazing character, one of the greatest of all time, man. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Um, but Dusty Rhodes, he's one of those, I mean, it's sad whenever anyone dies, like when Macho Man died, that was huge. I mean, that was almost as big as this one. Just for the fact that uh, Dusty Rhodes has been, he's like one of the original guild of wrestlers, like you mentioned, the Harley Race. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, you know, among others, Vern Gagne, you know, just he's in that Mount Rushmore, and you couldn't ask for a better person to really give that to. I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, this is huge with Ric Flair. I mean, and superstar Billy Graham, I was watching some of those matches, and it's just the guy put on a show no matter where it went. He was the real deal. He was what, he just, he walked the walk, talked the talk, and that's what those original guys did, and he did that so well biggest baby face in the world and uh honestly it's you know it's sad but uh he's contributed more you know behind the scenes and probably did in the ring i mean he created so many characters and angles and but uh yeah i think wrestling's going to suffer because of this but i mean that's you know the guy died it's hard of life you know so that's off to the american Dusty Rhodes. absolutely so we're gonna we're gonna have some fun talking about some dusty roads and and just continue to flood the um, the pancakes and power slams uh, live stream at Real Wrestling WAWNation.com and also Twitter at Crave Wrestling. Let us know your dusty memories and we'll talk a little dusty tonight. And yeah, we're just gonna have some fun, man. It's it's you know. Like I said, you know, Dusty, aside from Sting, Dusty Rhodes is, is my favorite wrestler of all time. You can ask all of my friends, uh, you know, Derek knows, and, you know, ask all my friends who know uh, me to be such a, <laughs> a lifelong wrestling fan when they, you know, they say two names. When they say three names, they say Sting, Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat. Those are my three top favorite wrestlers of all time. And it's it's just uh it it's really tough to to really digest this but you know 69 years old like i said that's that's a that's a life to that that many people would envy <laughs> you know he was almost 70 so um just but it's tough to 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 really experience the moment of someone so influential in your life passing um no matter how old they are so um as tough as it is you know, as uh, as I'm sure that he would totally agree with, the show must go on, and we're going to celebrate. So, 
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some Dusty Rose trivia tonight. All the trivia questions is gonna be is gonna be catered only to Dusty Rose, and so we're gonna have some fun. Hopefully you knew hopefully you knew about Dusty Rhodes during his career, and you'll be able to answer some questions tonight. So what year did he win the, his first NWA world title? What year did Dusty Rhodes win his first NWA world title? Of course, we were doing the uh, WAW uh, World Trivia Championship, and of course, you know, we're going to uh, pass that on to next week. Um, we're going to just we're just going to specifically we're going we're going to talk Dusty. We're going to talk Money in the Bank, and uh, we're, we're going to have some fun. First year, the year he won the first uh, NWA World Championship. I'm loving these posts on uh, we are we are wrestling live stream. I absolutely love it. Uh, <laughs> just the the gifts that's being shown right now of Dusty Rose doing his uh, blue eye soul American Dream boogie. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Thank you all so much for uh, making this uh, experience a lot easier and and funny, you know, and, and fun to me. So, uh, fantastic! You guys are amazing. All righty. So, uh, no, you guys are way off as far as the uh, <laughs> the, the first NWA uh, World Championship, though. Um, you guys are you guys are off on that so far. All right. So. Uh, Real quick, let me talk a little NXT. Um, I was uh, there at NXT live on Saturday, um, and uh, still off. How about that? I uh, the we are wrestling live stream and and, and Twitter at Crave Wrestling. Uh, we have some of the smartest pro wrestling fans on the planet, and uh, I, it's usually. It usually takes me a lot to stump um, uh, the 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 fans and the listeners of the Pancakes and Power Slam show, but it looks like I've stumped a lot of uh, answers because none of them so far are correct. How about that? None of the answers are correct. I see a whole bunch of years spanning from (laughs) the 80s, the 90s. Um, We saw one very skewed answer. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, Florida Championship Wrestling, and, um, yeah, good stuff, it, it was, uh, a very, very memorable, um, memorable moment, and, uh, I just posted it, uh, last week on my, uh, the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, and uh, it was an awesome night. It was a very, very awesome night. First time Dusty Rhodes won the World Heavyweight Championship. He was 33, I believe, 33 years old when he won his first um, NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And it was an uh, amazing night uh, full of... Uh, a whole bunch of people going into the ring, and I was actually thinking, I was actually looking to see who I knew. I think it was probably like off right offhand. There was only probably only like 
three or so people I knew. Uh, Steve Kern was right next to Dusty Rose. I think he was to uh, our right, his left of Dusty Rose when he when he won the uh, the his first NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So. Uh, there we go. There we go. 1979. Correct. Great job in Tampa, Florida. He beats uh, Harley Race. 1979 is when he won his first NWA World Heavyweight Championship. All right. So so NXT. Uh, it was it was an amazing time. That was my second uh, uh, event that I've been to for NXT. The first. Uh, the time they took it on the road, it was in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so I, uh, it's my hometown. So I went to, to Columbus and and um, uh, experienced NXT. And I think from it, it was on the network the first time. I don't think it's going to be on the network this time because uh, it was during the Arnold Classic beforehand. Uh, and it was awesome. It was absolutely amazing. It was it was great to to really showcase Columbus uh, on the network for the Arnold Classic. But I think this time, from a wrestling standpoint, I think it was better. Not not all the way from a production standpoint, but I certainly think from a re- overall wrestling standpoint, it was it was a bit better just because of the the main event. The main event was um, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens for the NXT Championship, and that match tore the house down. It was absolutely amazing. And Samoa Joe did do the muscle buster, which I was surprised about because there were some some rumblings that that move might be banned already because of the impact that it gave uh, Tyson Kidd. Unfortunately, he'll be go- he'll be out for quite some time. They're even thinking they've been talking about possibly him having have neck surgery. Um, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. And but you know he, he's as of. As of this weekend, he's still using the muscle buster, so we'll see uh, how far that goes, and and whether it's going to be banned or not for for good. Um, yeah, but it was it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome uh, match. Absolutely awesome match, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And a lot of times, you know, for 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 those who follow wrestling, a lot of times they kind of groom future feuds during house shows and right now of course in NXT um they're already feuding Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens they they have a match scheduled for tomorrow and of course Finn Balor is the number one contender so uh we might have a three way we might have a three way at the uh next uh show uh, I know that uh Finn Balor is scheduled to go against Kevin Owens at the uh, Tokyo show on Independence Day, uh, well, Independence Day in the States, July the 4th, I think that might be the time. I think that might be the time that Owens loses. I think Balor might pick it up because he's so, I mean, of course, Finn Balor, when he was Prince Devitt, you know, he was a, a big heel in the Bullet Club, but he, you know, going back to Japan where he, uh, just really became uh, really who he is. I mean, he, he did a lot of work in Ireland, but uh, Japan really cemented uh, Prince David Finn Balor as a, as a character. So uh, him returning back to Japan, I'm sure that it would be a, a pleasant 
reception from the crowd. So it'll be only fitting if Finn Balor wins the NXT Championship uh, in Tokyo. Because um, it was originally supposed to be a house show, but because they're doing so many specials now on the network to promote the subscribers and to make the shareholders happy, um, they're actually going to show it on the network now. And uh, Brock Lesnar is scheduled to go against uh, Kofi Kingston that night, too. So I think Balor, Balor will probably win. It'll be really fun uh, match to see. And eventually we'll probably see a triple threat down the line. So next question, really, really easy question, a lot easier than the first one. Uh, what was the occupation of Dusty Rhodes' father? What was the occupation of Dusty Rhodes' father? All right, so now we get to Money in the Bank, which also was in Columbus, Ohio. So it was an amazing weekend for me because I went to both NXT and I had club seats at uh, the uh, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So it was awesome. I was watching Money in the Bank uh, live as I was simultaneously watching the uh, Golden State and Cleveland game on the uh, TV uh, in the club seats as uh, as Steph Curry just knocks down a three. So we start off with the plumber, of course. Um, great job. So here's a funny funny quote here. What What's more American than watching the Irishman wrestle a Canadian on, <laughs> on July the 4th? So that, <laughs> it couldn't have said it any better. Absolutely funny. Uh, absolutely funny. Good stuff there. Um, so uh, it, it starts off with the Money in the Bank match, which I wasn't a big fan of at all. Um, I, I was not a big fan of it starting, uh, and I've read some commentary throughout the throughout the week, and a lot of people agreed with me as far as why is the why is the, is starting with the Money in the Bank match. This is your signature match for the uh, for the pay per view. And it, it kind of fell a little. It may fall a little flat uh, because not only weren't people <laughs> expecting Sheamus to win, but it was the first match, and it kind of lost the luster of the kind of the suspense of the match by having it be, you know, the very first match. And I, I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, Sheamus winning, I wasn't as I, I'm, of course, he wasn't my first or second or eighth or twentieth choice, but I think uh, the suspense behind it makes it a little interesting, uh, just because we may, in fact, get Sheamus and Brock Lesnar. And I talked about that uh, early this year. I actually threw that um, threw that around a little bit. Sheamus and Brock Lesnar. Um, which I definitely think would be a, a fantastic match. Um, Bray uh, interrupting Reigns. I, I, at first I was like, what is this? But eventually I kind of was like, I get it. I mean, it didn't take me long at all to realize that I get it, and I was I was okay with it because, you know, Roman Reigns is starting to get uh, – not, not only the jeers are stopping, but he's actually starting to get – supporters that were antagonists because he's far away from the title scene because he's actually getting in marquee non-title matches or marquee matches that he's not being pushed to the moon 
So in hindsight, just kind of thinking it all over and thinking it all together, I'm okay with Wyatt versus Reigns. I'm okay that Reigns did not win because it just further builds his underdog, you know, fight fight through it all type of uh, direction that they're going with him that's actually working for the fans. So Seamus all in all, Seamus wasn't a terrible decision, but he certainly wasn't my first choice. Yeah, no, he wasn't. That was kind of a surprise, and I'm, in a way, I'm not too disappointed with the fact that nobody saw that one coming. And I mean, that's great. I, you know, keep us on our feet. We didn't see that. Okay, so our whole mind's going to open up to another Sheamus run for the title or whatever it is. He's going to try to do with the opportunity, obviously, because it's money in the bank. But I mean, how much? When will that happen? And you know, what's going to come of that? And who's going to be where? And who's he going to fight? And I'm. So I'm fine with it. I'm comfortable with it. Again, it was totally out of the blue. No one saw it coming. Thing with Bray Wyatt, you got to keep him relevant. So putting him up against Reigns kind of makes sense. And uh, one of these days, they're going to find something really good to do with him. So might as well use him for that much and just have him do run-ins and just try to start trouble with no really big build-up until he just pops in mm-hmm. and says hello. You know, so that's, yeah, maybe that's yeah. his stick. That's what he's good at. So <clears throat> yeah, I agree. And kind of like a shield feel to it, you know, when they were just no-nonsense. And, um, you know, Roman Reigns did a fantastic job being that no-nonsense character. That's the reason why people were so behind him in the in the very beginning, especially the Royal Rumble a couple of years back uh, when Batista won. You know, Roman Reigns was, you know, he was a man, you know, and, and that's Royal Rumble. Uh, but... Yeah, I think he he keeps his no-nonsense and he just keeps away from title feud for a while. They continue to build his character. I'd actually be totally okay with the mid-card title run. I've been saying this for, for months now. You know, I would love to see Reigns versus Cena for the U.S. championship. Um, I, I would absolutely love that. Uh, book it for SummerSlam, book it for uh, Survivor Series, one of them. Even if, if Cena keeps it until Royal Rumble and... Um, you know, you get Reigns away from the Royal Rumble and, you know, involved in the match against Cena, you know, for the U.S. title, I, I'd even be okay with that. I I really want to see Reigns versus Cena for the U.S. title. That would be the ultimate rite of passage to me. They're already doing a good job with, with pushing Reigns and not shooting him to the moon anymore. Um, people are organically getting behind him. He's starting to become, you know, organic character that people are just supporting more and more. That's that's very good booking. That's that's good timing. I think it's a good job. But if they really if they really want Reigns to go over and be that star, be that next guy, he's a feud. He should go, you know, quote unquote face to face with the with the guy who runs the place, and uh, not only not only beats not only face Cena but beat Cena. Um, there's no, you know, quit the whole, you know, best of three just to make, you know, Cena, just to protect Cena's character, what he did with Wyatt and Rusev and uh, looks to be Steen or, or Kevin Owens. You know, forget that. Don't do the, don't do the whole best of three things with Reigns. Have Reigns beat Cena and then beat him again, at, you know, in the rematch for the, for the U.S. title. So, uh, I would totally 
think that that would be the ideal way to really make Reigns even more backed uh, by the fans. Next, we have uh, Nikki Bella defeating Paige. I, you know, we we've talked <laughs> countless amount of times about the, you know the divas and just absolutely ridiculous. I, just twin magic thing. Their faces, their heels. There's there there's no way for us to get behind or or, or to support a diva if they're you know flip flopping between face and heel every week. There there that's a horrible way to brand. A character. If I'm supposed to, this week I'm supposed to cheer him. This week I'm supposed to boo him. Just ridiculous. The whole twin magic thing against Paige. You know, that was <laughs> that became just uninspiring and just you know uninteresting years ago. And just, I mean, it just seems like they're really scraping for ideas at this point, and it's making it even worse. It's uh, it's like deja vu. Every time we talk about the Divas Division on Pancakes and Power Slams, it's, it's just constantly, man, this is horrible, this is garbage, why are they doing this? And they just continue and continue and continue to show us they're getting worse and worse at it as far as booking these girls to put on a good show. I mean, the Divas Division was awesome. Not even, what, 10 years ago. And before that, it was great. This is just such a downfall, and it's so horrible. It's hard to watch it. Again, it's time for me to get up and go to the bathroom or brush my teeth and get me a nice glass of milk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sadly, very sadly. Big Show defeating Ryback. Uh, you know, it was a carry-on match, you know, just to, just to get the Miz involved because we'll most likely see a triple threat at, uh, at, uh, at Battleground. I'm okay with the triple threat at Battleground between these three for the Intercontinental Championship. I know at this point right now, you know, the Feed Me More chants are still big. A lot of people don't like Ryback because, you know, he's not the the wrestler's wrestler. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, he's improved. He's he's improved very significantly over the past three years. And, you know, hey, his, his character still has money. You know, people are still chanting "Feed Me More." Uh, you know, the the crowd is resoundingly chanting "Feed Me More," and you know, people still like him. I, I like Ryback. I mean, people who listen to the show every week for for quite some time, they they know and they knew that I was totally anti Ryback for for a while. I just thought that he was so purposeless and had nothing to do uh, that was you know, beneficial. Um, and before then I was a big Ryback fan. I was, I was on board with the feud with CM Punk and, and so forth. Uh, eventually I was on board with that, uh, but it didn't take too long for me to be okay with that feud. But now, you know, they, they, for once they was able to rebound a character they didn't rebound Sandow. They didn't rebound Cody Rhodes. You know, they didn't rebound Ryder. Although I think, although I do like his uh, team with Mojo Rawley and NXT, I think that's a a, a nice, cool, you know, um, team, which was way over last week when uh, uh, when they when they fought on NXT. And so I like I like the whole Zack Ryder NXT. Thing I think that's a really good move for him to to really kind of revive his character because he's been buried for so long. 
but they haven't really they haven't rebounded any of those. So finally they rebounded Ryback, and I like what they're doing. So I'm okay with him being Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, Intercontinental Champion is fine with me, and it's keeping the Miz relevant. It's keeping the Big Show up there. I mean, it's it's kind of like you know Ryback needs to be doing a little more or better, but let's keep the Miz. You know, in the main focus as far as, you know, this is going to be a triple threat match. Is it going to be just a big fuse between Miz and Ryback, which is, it can be believable. I could get onto that. So just keeping them in just a perspective way. And I like to see them stick around and just do what they can do because that's the best they got right now. But Ryback's definitely on his way up from what I can see. And I'm really liking it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, then we got Cena versus Owens. Now, you know, I've, (laughs) I've seen the debate of whether it was better than the first match. I don't think so. Um, I knew that Cena was going to win. It just made sense for Cena to win. Um, you know, I think it was, that was probably the most predictable match of the evening, but I don't think it was better than the first match just because, People were expecting Cena to win this time. People were expecting to win Cena to win last time. And I think just because it was so surprising that Cena lost cleanly to Owens, and that was such a good match. The spots were made. I mean, the spots were really good on, on this match too. But it was just something about the first match that was just – it was even more of an organic feel to me. Now, John Cena tried to do the uh, um, – the kind of the sunset flip power bomb. Uh, uh, I w- I'm thinking in my head. Okay, first of all, Gold does try to do that a little bit, and he was like, you know, six six, six five. So it, was, it looked really weird, and it looked weird when John Cena did it, and it seemed like there was a botch when they did it. And I was just thinking of it to my head. I was just thinking in my head when I was there. I think I even said it to one of my colleagues when I was there. Oh, why don't we just? Why don't we just keep that move on Amazing Red? Amazing Red does that move absolutely impeccable. And, yeah, might want to just keep it on him. It wasn't – I understand that uh, John Cena wants to impress people and put move, more moves in his arsenal. You know, he's uh, he surprised many by his uh, wrestling this year. Um, and so, you know, I, I was okay with – uh, the, the springboard stunner <laughs> for for a little bit. Uh, we saw we saw it again uh, at Money in the Bank. It wasn't it was not done very properly at all. But just the the sunset flip power bomb was uh, an interesting botch. But at least uh, Kevin Owens, uh, you know, helped them out. Didn't make it look too bad. Uh, you know, they were rammed into the ring ropes, and he executed it that way. But you know, other than that, it was a good match. It tore the house down in, in Columbus like like it did before, uh, and, and you know, in Texas, uh, and yeah, it was great. I, I liked it. It was this is some this is really some of Cena's best work in quite some time. I remember he had some good matches against uh, CM Punk. Uh, he had some good matches against Daniel Bryan, um, and you know, dating back. If you want to go back, you know, other than, you know, or, or some good matches with Orton, not, you know, not all of them. Some of them just were snoozers. But 
Daniel Bryan and CM Punk were two were two good workers that he had. Before that, you might want to even date back to Edge. You know, when he was feuding against Edge, him and Edge worked very well together. But yeah, I mean, him and him and Owens have fantastic chemistry, and uh, I was I'm just, I'm pleasantly surprised by the work that I've seen between the two. Hey, I think everybody is. How well this feud has gone between the two. I mean, it almost it seems like John Cena could wrestle a broomstick and. The match would be awesome, and you know Kevin Owens in there. I mean, he's really brought a lot of life back into the kind of a stale, not so much mid card field, but again with the U.S. title being in the picture. And uh, he's, you know, how soon is he going to return to NXT? I mean, he's doing so well in WWE, and I mean, honestly, he's going to come up to the main roster. He's already there. I mean, he's a mainstay. He's got to be. And as far as John Cena, just keep doing what he's doing. I mean, the guys he's almost like a, a Hercules in there. I mean, he's just one of those never stops, always puts on a great match. Again, he can wrestle anybody. Yeah, he has. He's wrestled pretty much everybody on the roster, except Roman Reigns, that I can think of. But anyway, that would be a great hype for a man earlier. So a lot of yep. interesting stuff going on lately. And it's really, I can feel that some, you know, SummerSlam's coming and all that good stuff. There's just something yeah. in the air right now that just really is like something's just about and it's going to be excellent. Absolutely. And uh, definitely, um, you know, I, I would I would totally agree that uh, Cena and, and Shawn Michaels had a fantastic match. I remember that uh, match after the uh, WrestleMania, the day after the WrestleMania, or was it probably, I think it was either the day after WrestleMania, or shortly after WrestleMania that uh, John Cena and uh, Shawn Michaels went against each other on Raw. Uh, it was like, I think the match literally lasted an hour. It wasn't a booked as an Iron Man match, but it, the match lasted like an hour long. And uh, Michaels won, and it was a fantastic match. Oh, my goodness. I, I'll never forget that match. It was so awesome. It was an amazing, amazing match uh, between Shawn Michaels and, and John Cena um, on that Raw. And it's so funny, um, like I said, it it they didn't even book it as an Iron Man match, but it lasted, you know, it went the distance. And uh I mean Shawn Michaels, you talk talk about your broomsticks, <laughs> you know, that's I think it was I think it was two thousand seven. Um, talk about your broomsticks. Now now Shawn Michaels is the really the one um <laughs> that that can wrestle anybody and and, and make it make it gold. Uh, yeah, I think it was like 45 minutes long um, altogether. Fantastic match between those two, and it, it was definitely um, it, it was it was a rematch of of WrestleMania 23, and it was booked as uh, one of the longest matches in in in, in Raw history. Um, so yeah, absolutely amazing, and and I was matter of fact, I think I'm going to watch that. Uh, again, um, just because of how good that match was. Next, we get to the prime time players. Well, first of all, before we get that, we didn't even talk about the uh, the pre show match. Our truth being Key Barrett, I was I was definitely a fan of that. I'm you know I'm a, I'm an R truth fan, uh, and I might get flack for this, but I'm an R truth fan. You know, R truth is really someone who. He's not going to be world champion. Um, you know, he's going to be a mid-carter for the rest of his career. 
And when you know that you are that, you might as well make the best of it. And that's exactly what R-Truth is doing. He's really making the best of his mid-card status. You know, it's it's like you know what you're going to be. You know you're going to be a mid-carder. So make people, you know, make people intrigued. And R-Truth has done exactly that. He's done that many times with the... You know, uh, the heel turn, the C-O-N-spiracy, and the, you know, Little Jimmy, and the Spiders, and just one of the funniest segments in in the history of of Raw, you know, at WrestleMania, I overcame my fear of Spiders, and that money in the bank, you're not in money in the bank. Oh, 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 that's on me. I mean, I mean that was one of the funniest. I mean, I literally watched that over and over and over again, and laughed almost every time. Oh, oh, that's on me. My, my bad. And just New Orleans, y'all be good. I mean, just just the subtleties of that, and just absolutely hilarious. And just Archie's doing very well with what he has right now. Hey, nobody could have said it better. He's making the most of what he got. It's kind of like what the Damian Sandow did when he was riding high with the Mizdow gimmick, you know. I mean, he was the highlight of the show for the most part a lot of times. I mean, you just get a good belly laugh out of it and enjoy the rest of your evening. So, And R-Truth yeah. is doing the same thing. He's being a lot more entertaining. That's what you want out of him. He's, again, mid-card, probably never going to get past that, but... It is what it is. I mean, that's what you got to do. He's got the right mindset. Just make the most of it, and he's doing a great job as being himself and being silly. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, next next trivia question, uh, who was uh, Dusty Rhodes' Texas outlaw partner? Who was Dusty Rhodes' Texas outlaw partner? And then, of course, we got PTP, the primetime players, defeating uh, New Day. This was not – I like the primetime players. I think they deserved the tag team title run uh, a long time ago. Um, but I, I'm i a big fan. Uh, I, people know. I've uh, my, my boy tweeted, you know, that he, – you know, he gave me a shout-out that on Twitter that I was the only one from day one who supported – the New Day, from day one, even their cheesy, you know, uh, babyface character, I still found some life in that character. I was still a fan, and just, I knew it. I mean, I, I was just, I had patience. I wasn't a big fan of the cheesiness, but I was, I was, I stayed, I stayed true. And I still, uh, and I'm so glad that I stayed true to liking New Day since the the day one, and it, it shows. New Day is one of the hottest commodities, one of the most interesting characters in WWE right now. And because again, that word organic, they were organically groomed into being the characters that they are now, and people are intrigued. You know what's so funny? that I got into the arena uh, about an hour before the show started, and almost from the very moment that the arena started to fill up, we got New Day Sucks chants. And they were nowhere to be found. They didn't have no, 
you know, there weren't no video vignettes because a lot of times during the dead time they play just random, you know, videos, WWE videos, you know, whether if it's, you know, a stand-up for whatever or, you know, this is coming on this time or WWE Network plugs or whatever. They just show random videos during dead time. There was no video shown that had the New Day in them, but they still were chanting New Day sucks. And I looked at some people that I were with that I was with and I said, See that right there, that's the reason why they're the champs. Because people are because they're over. They're over. An hour before the show starts, people are chanting New Day sucks because it's fun, because it's exciting to be a part of this New Day movement, whether you like them or don't, they're money. And that's the reason why they were champs. That's the reason why I don't think they should have lost the titles. I would have been okay with them having a very long title reign because they're so over. Totally over. And, again, that was another thing that kind of took you by surprise at uh, Money in the Bank. And, you know, what was the purpose of them losing the title? I mean, that's great for primetime players, giving them a little – Kicking the pants that they need, uh, you know. I mean, there's, you know, keep on the new day for a while. Let them soak in that longevity. Of, like, these are the legit, real deal tag team champions, and they can back it up. They can show it. And when they lose like that, it was just, it was kind of nonsensical. I just, you know, he was that night. You know, what were they drinking? And uh, yeah. new day, just absolutely again. I didn't like him at the beginning. When they did their heel turn, I mean, there's absolute gold. It's their money. So keep it going. I was going to get yeah. the tag team titles back. Don't get me wrong. But just one, why did they have to lose to begin with? What's that going to prove? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. They'll, they'll win it, though. Uh, I think that they'll win it, um, you know, real, real soon. Uh, probably even as early as uh, Battleground, um you know, the primetime players have an attack team title run. I'm okay with that, but they're certainly not as over um, as they they were when they got back together. Um, yeah, you know, they're just not as over as they really used to be. And the New Day is just, you, you don't want to, and we'll talk about Raw, too, uh, here in a moment. You, you don't want to, I mean, like I always say, strike while the iron's hot. And you don't want to sizzle out something that's red hot. Red, red. The New Day is a red hot uh, just entity right now. You know why would you make them lose the title and then lose matches? And I mean that just doesn't make any sense at all. That's, that's just a horrible idea. We get Seth Rollins defeating Dean Ambrose. I was there. You know this was Columbus is known to not be a smarky crowd to be. To not just uh, you know start chants that even JBL and uh, Cole and Lawler have to talk about the you know Columbus is not typically known for that. Um, Columbus is big because we draw big crowds, um, but you know we and we'll you know we'll do chants and but we won't just go crazy. But this was definitely one of the more exciting Columbus crowds, and I think uh, with the advent of, of uh, Raw and, and just WWE in general, um, really choosing Columbus as a uh, as a primary uh, place to to have their events at, 
Um, you know, this this year alone, we've had two NXT events. Uh, we've had SmackDown here. We had a pay-per-view here for the first time in 11 years. And then Raw is scheduled to come back in January. Um, so Columbus, is de- Columbus definitely did a, a, a great job with uh, just being excited uh, and just really showing the WWE that this is the place to be. And, you know, saying that, the main event fell flat. It was, you know, 35 minutes. I don't know if it was a matter of Columbus being exhausted, you know, uh, from all the other matches, especially, you know, Cena and Owens. Um, I don't know if it was that, or I don't know if it was just the fact that, you know, it seems like this was the, you know, (laughs) uh, tweeted the 88th time that we've seen, you know, Rollins versus Ambrose at a a pay-per-view. Uh, and just gimmick match after gimmick match that we've seen over the past year between Rollins and Ambrose. I don't know if people are tired because of that, but it just it fell flat. It was it was just I was expecting more, and just the fact that uh, and and it's not and, and it's sad because does Seth Rollins really need to? Is he really depending? Is this character really wrapped around the authority and J and J security? Like I think we kind of saw that uh, on and uh, and Money in the Bank because him coming out by himself wasn't as intriguing than distractions and run-ins and all types of you know dirty finishes. So it makes me really wonder. I mean, and, and Seth Rollins hasn't drawn a dime you know since he's been champ. It's been almost three months and. It just makes me wonder, you know, if the Rollins character as a heel alone would really do much. And so far, it really doesn't seem like he he has or he will. I I enjoy his heel character, and uh, I was skeptical at first. I mean, I like just kind of the snotty, stuck-up, little kind of brat kind of attitude he has. I mean, was... Like a Monday Night Raw, Johnny Idiot face just absolutely cracked me up so bad. I was, I was in tears. It, uh, he's really, I like his heel gimmick, and I do like the fact that he's just kind of has the security blanket on him, which is the authority. I mean, is it the best champion we could have right now? No. Uh, I do enjoy watching Ambrose and Rollins go at it, though. I think they put on, they work well together. They wrestle well together. I, I thought the match was better than how you described it, in my opinion, so... The uh, thing about it is, is right, it's that time of year in wrestling where they just kind of have to make other people shine that they wouldn't typically do that. Of course, Brock Lesnar comes back. Everything that happened the past three or four months is forgotten about. So, but what they had, I, it's good. And again, it was another great pay per view. And it is these small pay per views, these in your house pay per views, typically suck. But you know, they've done a string of ones. I've been really glad to watch, and I don't walk away saying, what was that? It was garbage. It was just another Monday Night Raw. These have actually had pay-per-view qualities to it, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I think it was, I think Money in the Bank all, uh, all together was a solid pay-per-view for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm and I'm going by the ovation, you know, in Columbus as well. You know, the live crowd. It just and I and I've listened and I've looked at a lot of commentary uh, for Rollins and, and Ambrose, and it just, you know, it just was not, it was not a good main event quality match. I mean, just 
it, because it was just a straight up match. I think the, I think the, the the finish was a bit cheesy. And before we go forward, I have to say that I I've seen the the best meme that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Um, please send that to at Crave Wrestling, and I will absolutely retweet it. Uh, if you are not on the We Are Wrestling live stream chat room right now, you need to go there uh, ASAP. There is a Pancakes and Power Slams mem uh, that is just absolutely one of the best that I've seen. It, it just it's it, it's undescribably, undeniably awesome. So thank you for the amazing mem. And it's very, very funny, and I think it's absolutely amazing, and you absolutely rock. Next question is, uh, what was w, what was Dusty Rhodes' last NWA title run? What was Dusty Rhodes' last NWA title run? All right, so we are going to go to Raw, and we will be right back. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, free. Our mind, let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for Dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby Eaton, me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the genre is took back, we rapping that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power. We're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. There's two things about this day that you'll never forget. One, Donald Trump officially announced that he's running for president. And two, Pancakes and Power Slams. Episode 168, absolutely, we are live and in living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will, Dusty Rhodes. 
1986 is correct. The next uh, trivia question is, what was Dusty Rhodes' masked alter ego? Who was W? Who was Dusty Rhodes' masked alter ego? Raw. We get to Raw in Cleveland, Ohio. Starts with Seth Rollins doing an in-ring promo, interrupted by Dean Ambrose. And the two brawl until uh, Rollins um, retreats. Ambrose does a sit-in in the ring, and eventually Sheamus comes out, challenges Ambrose, and then Dean Ambrose defeats Sheamus because Sheamus is distracted by Randy Orton and Orton attacks Sheamus post-match. I mean, it's a filler feud between Orton and Sheamus. I'm not too intrigued by it, but, you know, both of them, both of them, especially Orton, is in a dire need to do something. And just, I don't see anything exciting coming from Orton for the rest of the year. I, I really don't know. People were people were getting upset with me because I said that his heel run is flat. I mean, his face run is flat, but it is. I mean, there's nothing about Randy Orton that's intriguing to me. The only the only reason why Randy Orton is going to be way over at Battleground because it's in his hometown. Battleground is going to be in St. Louis, and so he's going to have that moment where he's going to be over, and he's probably going to beat Sheamus because Sheamus can afford to lose because he's Mr. Money in the Bank. So, and he may even cash his you know contract in, you know, at Money in the Bank. So you you know you never know. It's it, it may be somehow Rollins loses by you know somehow Rollins loses by disqualification. Brock Lesnar just you know hammers Rollins and makes him lifeless in the ring. Sheamus uh, cashes in the the contract, and there you go. And with that being said, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. They are the 2015 NBA champions, and my predictions were true. I said Golden State. I said Golden State in six, and that's exactly what happened. So congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Hey, and a fun fact about them. Do you remember the show Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Yeah, I, I think do. it was one of the final seasons. Mark Curie, the guy of Mr. Cooper. He was like mm-hmm. a walk-on for the uh, Golden State Warriors. Yep. And, sure uh, was. Sally Stephen Curie, who's you know, the all-star of the team. So, fun fact. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, so, yeah, the Cavs. How do you feel about that? Are you a Cleveland fan? Probably not because you're a Bulls fan that I know. That's, I didn't really see, there you go. I, yeah, I'm not a big <laughs> NBA guy, but, you know, this was such an awesome, uh, well, at least the first three uh Games of the series was pretty good, so I mean, I agree. I think, yeah, I think this is one of the better playoff series. Um, and and you know, I'm I'm a huge sports fan. I love sports. Um, you know, I write for Beach Report. I've, I've written for the Beach Report for over three years now. And fun fact: all of my articles aren't wrestling articles. How about that? Uh, I've had some. Um, Basketball, uh, football. I love sports, but I love wrestling uh, more than any. <laughs> but uh, I'm a big sports fan. I love, uh, as Derek and I uh, both share a very, very um, deep, deep, deep love for Ohio State football. 
uh, Ohio State football is a, a very, very, very close second to, to professional wrestling to, to both of us. Um, I love Ohio State football. I'm a huge Duke basketball fan, huge uh, Chicago Bulls fan. Um, so with the exception of the Bulls, uh, you know, I had a pretty good year. Duke won and Ohio State won. So this has been a fantastic 2015 for me when it comes to sports. Uh, and Sting wrestled his first match in, in in the WWE. He lost. It was and it was a very overbooked match. But at least he, you know, at least I witnessed Sting wrestling for the first time in a long time. So Sheamus uh, losing to Ambrose. Uh, you know. Seamus losing to Ambrose, I, I think uh, that it was a good move only to protect Ambrose because right now Ambrose need, needs all the protection that he could possibly get because there's really nothing left, you know, for Ambrose, you know, henceforth. I, I really don't see any anywhere that he can go. And real quick, l- keep the memes coming. It's Pancakes and Power Slams. Please, if you are not at the We Are Wrestling, WAWNation.com live stream right now, you are missing out on the best memes that I've seen ever. And I've seen hundreds upon hundreds of memes. And these memes are absolutely amazing. Because they're funny and because they're pancakes and power slams, memes. They're absolutely amazing. Uh, please give me, uh, please tweet those to at Crave Wrestling, and I will I will put on a BR article and a credit. You know, you I, I will credit your Twitter account on a BR article. I will I will make it happen. I will I will make these memes famous because they're absolutely funny. Uh, Seamus, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, like I said, he'll lose to Orton, but um, you know he'll he'll be protected because he has a case. Our truth defeating King Barrett. Uh, Barrett's getting buried, man. I, you know, and then and then he had the audacity to say, you know, you know, cut some sleazy promo about how you know it's the rain is really going to start now, as opposed to starting when he actually won the King of the Ring. I mean, Baird has had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to actually become somebody. And I, I've told, I told Eli Drake, I think it was Eli Drake uh, that I was mentioning, or it might have been just a, uh, a show that I was, uh, the, the previous show, but I think it was during the interview with Eli Drake. Uh, again, w- once again, you know, special, you know, huge thank you to Eli Drake for the interview uh, of last week, too. Uh, fantastic interview. Um, but I think I mentioned that. Um, I-, I watch, you know, hundreds and hundreds of uh, shoot interviews. And uh, I was... Um, Watching, I was. It was uh, Jericho's podcast when Ed Ed when Edge was on Jericho's podcast, and they were talking about how Cena did not want to put Barrett over when he was a member of the Nexus, and yeah, they were talk. They were talking about how Cena had this spot that uh, it was you know he was supposed to get you know uh, he's supposed to get hurt outside or 
takes take some bump outside of the ring and then come back and just you know be Superman and and do this Super Cena thing and and win the match and you know Edge and Jericho just thought it was a horrible idea. It was during the I think it was during the SummerSlam match, like the ten man match between WWE versus the Nexus. And they thought it was a horrible idea, and he did it anyways. And then he, you know, apologized to him because they both thought it was a horrible idea. And you know, <laughs> you know, we've we've heard some we've heard some stories about that with previous people we've interviewed before, as far as you know, Cena being stubborn a lot of times when it comes to you know uh, booking matches and, and directions of matches. And, I mean, Barrett has just not, I mean, other than the Nexus could have been such a launch pad for him. But ever since the Nexus, I mean, his his he's had the proverbial roller coaster career. I mean, the, the core was just horrible. None of his Intercontinental title runs meant anything. It, it was just... N- nothing. I mean, just a roller coaster career, and I really don't see Baird rebounding from just becoming potentially becoming a main event star during the Nexus. And since then, he's really had a, a really hard time trying to really brand himself again. Bad News Barrett actually worked. People were into Bad News Barrett. He was out for a while. He came back, was in phenomenal shape. Bad News Barrett worked. He won the Intercontinental Championship, but still, I mean, he's back to square one and trying to make himself relevant again. Yeah, and he's not doing a good job of that, or at least they're not booking it that way. I love Bad News Barrett. Yeah. I mean, that was great. I got a bit of bad news. Was I was looking forward to that. This is always something offhand. It was funny, you know, get a good laugh out of it. That was this whole stupid gimmick coming out the set there in the cape. I mean, the king of wrestling has been done so many, so many, so many times over. I'm done with it. And a Macho Man, the true king is Jerry Lawler, obviously. But give me a break. I'm tired of it. It's a used-up gimmick that nobody should ever use again because, again, it needs to be retired. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as him being relevant still, it's not working because, again, his gimmick sucks, period. And he's in great shape, and he can go with anybody. He is a phenomenal star. He just, they don't know what to do with him. He's just, again, lost in the little shuffle of, you know, like the Ziggler shuffle and the, so many of them, Cesaro, and there's just not much you can do with these people. And I want to say one thing about these memes on Pancakes and Power Slams. They are hilarious. And you should know that Pancakes and Power Slams are huge, huge fans of Fondongo. So keep those coming. Great, and uh, it really it makes me happy to see that there's so much interaction. The past, you know, I don't know how many months this, we've this been on Wheel Wrestling. Was, yeah, this, yeah, this whole it's year just has been absolutely awesome. It's just phenomenal, man. So many people are just having fun with trivia and everything. It's, there's so much in here. There's so much. You just want to go back and just reread it. I mean, it's, it's awesome. These people yes. are Pancake and Power Slam alums. They are with us. We want to take this to the top. Absolutely. Welcome to Pancakes and Power Slams. There's another meme going on with uh, Jericho. Fantastic. These these uh, these things are absolutely awesome. 1986 absolutely is his uh, uh, last NWO title reign. Uh, 
the Midnight Rider uh, was his alter ego. We'll talk a little bit about, about that in a moment. I was uh, uh, intimidated by Midnight Rider <laughs> when I was a kid. Uh, there was, you know, it was it was a really really good way to to put you know Dusty Rhodes on a shelf for a second and 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 do some Midnight Rider. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, what year did he turn babyface? What year did he turn babyfaces? Uh, as of course we know that uh, he was with Dick Murdoch as the Texas Outlaws for. Um, a good span of his uh the beginning of his career and they were very very rugged hardcore heels as the Texas Outlaws and he was in the match against the Grams and um he 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 came he he came back in he he was out and he got hit and came back in and just start elbowing away and the the crowd went bananas uh Florida Championship Wrestling so what year was that that he Turn babyface and the American dream. Uh, the, the American dream was born. Pancakes and Power Slams is the new nexus. Um, how do I feel about that? Uh, thank you. However, both the nexus and the new nexus flopped. So <laughs> I don't. I, uh, f- for the sake of just the, the 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 buzz and the potential that the Nexus could and should have had, uh, thank you. But just uh, yeah, the, both like I said, both the Nexus and the new Nexus totally flopped. Uh, looks like we might have a correct answer. Not yet. What year did he? What year did he turn babyface? All right, so we get uh, the open challenge, the Kevin Owens open challenge. Dolph Ziggler comes out, accepts the challenge. I actually think that it was a good idea. I liked the whole Ziggler thing coming out. I don't know if Ziggler should have been the one who took the fall clean against uh, against uh, Owens, though, because they're trying to build some steam with, with Lana and Ziggler, which, to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of. I, I just, something about Lana and Ziggler... That's just off. It didn't seem like they're. It just seemed like they're kind of forcing the chemistry. That eh, it just doesn't look. It just doesn't look like. It just doesn't look natural to me. It's just. It's just a bit weird, to be honest with you. Uh, but they're trying to build some steam with that, and for Ziggler to uh, take a, a clean, you know, fall against uh, against uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, one of the big biggest fan of it. I would even prefer a DQ because Ziggler, for some reason, it, it just looks right. Ziggler being the NXT champion, it just had a good look to it. You know, if Ziggler was in NXT for just a hiccup and just kind of helped NXT even more, NXT is amazing already, um, but just helped them even more. You know, with that and. I think I think it'd be interesting. I think even if they would have had Sting have a, had a uh, or Kevin Owens with a DQ win against uh, Ziggler, and then our next set of tapings before the fourth, um, Ziggler you know could have won against Owens for the NXT Championship uh, on an actual NXT show. I think it'd have been awesome to see Dolph Ziggler you know on NXT uh, on this this version of NXT. 
um, against Owens, uh, it'd have been a really cool thing to see. So uh, it was it was cool that Ziggler came out. I liked the whole open challenge thing, but just a clean win wasn't the best idea to me. A clean win wasn't the best idea. One thing, one beef I have against Ziggler right now, and yeah, it's the fact that you know he's going nowhere. He doesn't have a whole lot going on for him right now. The lot of thing is really it just doesn't fit. It's not right. But I'm a metalhead. As far as I mean that, I love heavy metal music. And when I saw Ziggler walk down there with awesome patches, Megadeth, there was uh, ACDC on there, I think. And, but, but then I saw Poison. Are you kidding me? You don't put those two together. That makes it look like it was manufactured for Dolph Ziggler. He knows nothing about that. And to me, <laughs> being a metalhead, and if I have any other metalhead listeners out there, you all agree that that is absolutely... It was put together. He has no idea what he's doing putting those things together. Somebody like me, that, that ruins it for Dolph Ziggler. So I'm putting in my Dolph Ziggler card just for the fact because I'm passionate about metal music like I am wrestling. And that was a big slap in the face. So um, the metal gods from above will uh, strike Ziggler down, demolition, and will come out and uh, break his back, along with Chris Jericho. So take that. But as far as the wrestling aspect, Ziggler's going nowhere. Yeah, I, I, he, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 yeah, these these metal gods are talking about. Uh, let, let me know how uh, they uh, respond to being super kicked. Oh, I'll let you um, <laughs> Man, that was garbage. Um, I just I hated that. That's so manufactured. They don't know what they're doing out there. They need someone like me yeah. to address these guys. There you go. All right, next next question is uh well wait a minute, year he turned babyface. We don't I have not seen a correct answer yet. What year did Dusty turn babyface? I do not see a correct answer. Another mem and that's the bottom line because pancakes and power slam said so. And these Borton Stevens as you know, people know Sting's my all-time favorite uh, wrestler, but <laughs> Borden Stevens—that's that's that's very clever. Um, and he has his uh, main event mafia shades on, which is uh, pretty funny. Um, the main event Monty, the main event mafia was actually pretty cool for a hot second when they had uh, Sting and and Buka. That was, uh, you know, that he he was very funny. It was like a TNA version of King Booker. It wasn't he wasn't English. He was more African. Like he would have like he would go into like African accent, and then when he would get mad, he would just go back into his hunting Tenth Street sucker, you know, uh, <laughs> accent. It was really funny. Um, and then Nash and and Steiner. Uh, I think that was uh, an angle. I think I liked the main event mafia for a little bit, but when they had like uh, when, when Samoa Joe joined the main event mafia, I think that that kind of just—I mean, nothing against Joe. I, I like Joe, but when they when when he was booked to join the main event mafia, I, I think that was one of one of the moments that went downhill from there. Magnus too, when Magnus was affiliated with the main event mafia, that was. That that just didn't make any sense, and I don't even think he was champ at the time. It was just like, hey, you know, you're good enough to be in the main event mafia. They're just no good. I, I, I think you know when you 
when you oversaturate something that just tastes so much, it's like it's like adding sugar to cake. You know, it's like adding sugar to an already made cake. The the cake is nice and and and, and fluffy and plush and and just amazing and tastes awesome. Like, do not alter the cake whatsoever. It tastes amazing. But somehow you decide to put a little bit more sugar on the cake, and it, now it tastes awful. And that's exactly how NWO was. That's exactly how the main event mafia was, because both of them, at its very core, was at DX too, to an certain extent. DX kind of got oversaturated, and the nation too. The nation just kind of got oversaturated too. Um, it just, and of course, the NWO um, just you, you you start something, and at its very core, and it's amazing, and then you just keep adding and adding, and it's just. You know, no good. We'll, we'll talk about the Wolf Pack. You know, in, in a further, further flavor of the week, future flavor of the week, uh, we'll talk about just the oversaturation of the NWO and how it just became just totally an eyesore to watch uh, every week. Next, we get Kane defeating Orton. Um, we still don't have yeah, nineteen seventy four. Great job. That's when he turned babyface. Uh, and, uh, The Rock. <laughs> um, yeah, and then next we have, what year did he main event at Madison Square Garden? Uh, two-parter, what year did he main event at Madison Square Garden? And who was his opponent? What year did he main event at Madison Square Garden? Who was his opponent? Kane defeating Orton, uh, similar to Sheamus, you know, the whole thing. They're going to have their opponents beat him, you know, yeah, just the, the feud, you know, just to build Orton and Sheamus. Roman Reigns calls out Bray Wyatt. Wyatt responds via Titantron. Now, you know, I was waiting. I, I was really waiting. I tweeted I tweeted this after uh, Money in the Bank. Um, and send these memes. The tweet, the, 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 the Twitter handle, if you, if you don't already know, is at Crave Wrestling. Send these memes. Please send these memes. These memes are absolutely uh Amazing. They're absolutely hilarious. Uh and and so uh I was waiting to, I was waiting as far as what how are they gonna build this? What what are they gonna do? How am I going to believe? How am I going to be immersed in a uh Reigns versus Wyatt feud just as a wrestling wrestling fan? Now, me personally I always have, you know, Booker, you know, WWE creative staff, you know, writer dream job in my head and think about the end of things and, you know, think think of things from a booking standpoint all the time. So I'm like, okay, so you, they're taking him away from the, the title match to keep an organic feel and have the, the crowd, you know, get behind him. I get it. I like it. I'm okay with it. Didn't really like Bray Wyatt just come into the match, but... But at least give me some reasoning behind why I should really be glued into this match. And so basically the the promo was because Roman Reigns cost Bray Wyatt during, you know, Reigns's, you know, gauntlet that he had and so Wyatt's upset that he wasn't in the money in the bank and then he pulls out 
a picture of his kid. It just seems like they're really, really, really scraping for ideas with Bray Wyatt at this point. I mean, they, 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 a lot of people, a lot of people compare him to mankind, but mankind really didn't start to become, you know, as popular as he did until he turned babyface. I mean, he had a, you know, decent heel run when he was feuding with Taker. It was a good way to put him on the map. But, you know, he skyrocketed, you know, when he was, like, just the outcast member of the corporation, which eventually led to a babyface run. Mankind really became a star at that point. And Bray Wyatt just, he needs to turn babyface. I mean, there's there's people like Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar, you know, that would, it would be okay. It would be interesting to see a, a Wyatt versus Lesnar or a Wyatt versus Orton feud, but really, at the end of the day, I mean, that pales in comparison to the fact that he needs to change the direction of his gimmick. Yeah, he's got to change something because again, it just kind of leaves you. He comes out of nowhere, like the WWE builds him up, and then they kind of shove him under the carpet, you know, he's, and then just pops out of nowhere again, and it's, it's kind of weird, I mean, I, I don't dislike Bray Wyatt, I love his character, and I think there's a lot that can be done with it, I just don't think they know what to do with him, and it's, the only thing he can do is just pop up and be like the serial stalker or whatever it is that he's, he's trying to possess, and I get that, but again, it just seems kind of, like, again, they're really digging, when they bring in personal family members, kind of like when Big Show's dad passed away and they had boss man you know, interrupt the funeral and carry the body away on a rope tied to a truck. It just Things like that, I don't really get into that much and think it's kind of you're just really grasping for straws here. Yes. You shouldn't have to do that with Bray Wyatt. Because Bray Wyatt naturally is a creepy guy and he can just cut a promo and just make it good. They just have to make put some legitimacy behind him and just make him... Yeah. I don't know. I wish I could write for him because I love the horror movies and all that cynical stuff. But I can yeah. see what they're trying to do, but it just doesn't deliver well. And it's not because of him. It's just what they give him to work with, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Bella Twins versus Paige. You know, they they be Paige. It seems like, you know, maybe they'll have someone away. It just seems like maybe someone like Charlotte's going to be call, uh, called up because they had all those people who didn't support Paige and left during the meeting. So someone from the outside would make sense to come. So, you know, the only person I can think of that would make sense would be Charlotte. So um, it seems like that's going to happen uh, soon, which I'll totally be in favor of. Neville and primetime players are defeating New Day. We talked about that as far as the New Day, you know, losing back-to-back. You know, you don't want to lose that steam. It's just not okay. And then Lesnar appearing, has a stare down with Rollins. Now, my question to you, Derek, is do you think that Lesnar versus Rollins is good for Battleground? I think it's good for Battleground because it's, again, another minor pay-per-view, and it's going to put people to want to watch it because it's Lesnar's return. Who else is he going to wrestle other than the champion? So keep that in mind. And also just it's going to – Again, it's not going to be the best match ever. No one expects that. There's going to be some hype behind it. What the end result's going to be, I don't know, because, again, you always have run-ins with J&J Security and the Authority. But 
I think it's good for the pay-per-view because it is battleground again. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, kind of. I think the uh, Seth Rollins day is almost over. Made the most of it. But again, Brock Lesnar back in the picture. It's just going to build up the SummerSlam. If it ends in disqualification, that's fine. But uh, it's almost, you know, Lesnar back in the picture. It's really going to draw a crowd. And I think it, mm-hmm. it fits Battleground myself. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think it's a fantastic move to be on Battleground. I was thinking, like, who, and I've said this on the show before, who's the next person to just have a carryover, you know, carryover feud with Rollins until SummerSlam? You know, and I absolutely agree. It, it makes Battleground worth watching because, you know, I don't want to see a bunch of ran over, you know, feuds. Uh, this one's fresh, it's new, and this is the marquee for something like a battleground, you know. Uh, so it just seems like, and I've said this before on the show many times, it seems like we're getting Rollins versus Triple H. People are just like, oh, that's never going to happen, that's not going to happen. I'm telling you, like, that's just, it just seems, I saw that from a mile away. I've been saying that all year almost. You know, Rollins versus Triple H is going to happen at SummerSlam. I even wrote, wrote an article about it on Bleacher Report. And, it's people are talking about it now. So it was a a bold idea that people were just totally shunning, you know, months back when I said it, but now people are starting to entertain it. So it's funny how that works. But yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's a good idea for them to be a battleground. Uh all right, so we're gonna do a little bit of dusty talk coming shortly. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week! Absolutely. Give me your best memory of Dusty Rhodes, Derek. Dusty Rhodes. Okay, it's again, I didn't have cable back in the day, so I wasn't able to watch NWA. But again, he was one of those, I knew who he was because I'd read the magazine. Uh, the wrestler, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You know, there's probably about three or four others. And I knew who Dusty Rhodes was. I knew he was this guy that, again, can be held as like Ric Flair. It's like, oh, my gosh, Dusty Rhodes. And I think my first memory of actually seeing him is probably when he joined the WWE back, you know, 1990, I believe, 89, 90. But when he came in, I already knew that he was this established, you know, he was a centerpiece. He was this stepping stool that, you know, you can't get better than Dusty Rhodes. I mean, he was just somebody, if you can get a win over him, it's something to be championship, idolized. I mean, this guy was somebody. And, again, not knowing him, just reading about him with his feuds with Terry Funk and Ric Flair, I just I knew about the guy. And, I, you know, again, you can't say you're at a loss for words when it comes to mm-hmm. you know, your first Dusty memory. What was your favorite memory of him? Because there's there's so many, and again, somebody like me just reading them in the magazines at the grocery store. I mean, yeah. I was glued to his pages. I mean, his blood running down his face, you know, against Ric Flair, you know, and his feud. He had a feud, I believe, with Tully Blanchard. I think I remember reading about. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. it was I, and I get to see those matches after the fact, you know, with YouTube and everything, and with you know when I got a VCR and DVD. So, but again, I knew who it was. I knew who he was. And it was just from writing journalism from wrestling magazines. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, and I, I wrote this, you know, I encourage everyone to go to, uh, you know, uh, WA, WAWNation.com 
PWMania.com, Crave Wrestling Facebook page. I wrote an article, What Dusty Meant to Me, and uh, it, it pretty much sums it up for me right there. Um, of course, Hard Times promo, October 1985, leading into Starcade 85. Dusty comes back and, uh, you know, cuts one of the best, my favorite promo of all time. Hands down, one of the best promos of all time when he cut when he talks about hard times. Absolutely, just oh, an amazing, amazing promo. And I remember watching that, you know, back in the eighties, and I was hooked. It was just so infectious to me to be a part of that movement. The Dusty Road, like I said, the Dusty Rose tour '85 is what he said on the Hard Times promo, and uh, just absolutely amazing. So. Thank you so much, Dusty, you know, for all the memories. Thank you so much for being such an influence in my life and my um, just just ongoing passion of being a pro wrestling fan. So I thank you, Dusty Rose, for that. And I thank the WeAreWrestling.net uh, live stream real quick. Yes, 1977, and yes, superstar Billy Graham. Uh, we'll have a couple of uh, uh, questions after the show. Uh, thank you so much, guys. I really, really appreciate your support. It's just been absolutely amazing um, this this past year, and just really uh, for a while now. But this past year has been absolutely amazing. So keep it going. Thank you so much. Send those memes at Crave Wrestling. Until next week, Dad, Ozzy, and Elijah. Have a wonderful week, and God bless. Goodbye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.